Welcome to the Anthem Church Podcast. Our desire is to transform lives through authentic experiences with God and with people. This message is brought to you from Anthem Church in Fairview, Oregon. We pray you are encouraged, inspired, and strengthened through the teaching and preaching of God's Word. next to you and say happy Easter happy Easter to you amen you know in your worship guide Eric mentioned that there is a uh, there is a little survey on the back of one of these uh, one of these one of the sheets that you got and uh, we would like to know what you'd like to hear a message on okay so uh, we we put a few examples there to kind of get your you know juices rolling there but Really what I'm interested in is what you would write in that line other, okay? What really you'd like to hear us speak about and want to know what the Bible says about something. We're gonna take all of these and um, when, you, when you fill them out, uh, put them in the bucket today, later in the service, and we're gonna take them all and then we're gonna put together a, a message series in the fall in September called uh, You Want to Know. And so in that, uh, that series, you want to know, we're, we'll address the topics that came up most of all during this series, and uh, it'll be a fantastic time, okay? So that's why we want you to really take a moment, participate in this. It'll be fantastic to hear from you. Amen. Well, uh, the other course, question, of course, is, is we want to know how we can serve you better and uh, take care of uh, the needs that are part of our family. And so it's, a, it's an exciting time at Anthem. Man, I'm telling you, we are excited about what God is doing here and where we're going and what the future looks like. And if you don't have a home church, listen, this is a place to be, okay? And we want to invite you to come and join us next week and, uh, and continue to see what God has in store for your life. Amen. Well, we've been in a series called Miracles, and today we're going to finish up the last one, the last uh, uh, message in that series, and talk about the miracle of heaven. Somebody say the miracle of heaven. You know, there's no greater miracle than the fact that Jesus rose from the grave. Amen. Listen, the truth is, if someone says that they're going to they're they're going to die, they're going to be in a grave three days. They predict this, and then they they say, "I'm going to rise again on the third day. I'm going to come back to life, and I'm going to you know," uh, and and then they pull it off. <laughs> listen, that's somebody you ought to listen to. And only one person has ever done that in the history of the world, and his name is Jesus. And that's the miracle of all miracles. I mean, there's miracles all through the scriptures, but man, that is the greatest miracle. And uh, so today I want to talk about that in a little a bit, because, because of that miracle, it gives us the opportunity to experience the miracle of heaven. And so, uh, and, and the reason we're talking about miracles here at Anthem is because we believe that, well, actually you're sitting in a church that believes that God can do anything, that there is nothing impossible for our God, that miracles are still a part of this life, that resurrection power is still as real today as it was two, over 2,000 years ago. Can I hear a great amen right there, amen? So, you know, we, are, we believe that nothing is impossible. Think about it. Think about it. Think about Jesus. Think about that moment that they put him in the tomb, closed, rolled the stone over the, the, um, 
the, the, the front of it. And I, 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 you know, I have a kind of a vivid imagination. I was thinking about this when I read the story again. And uh, I was thinking, you know, what if I would have, had been a bug on the wall in that tomb? You know, would you want to have been a, a bug on the wall just, you know, and, and watching? You know, uh, or, you know, maybe I'm sure there were some flies in there that were just itching to get to that dead flesh, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of gross, I know, but... Uh, all of a sudden, right, all of a sudden, you're, you know, you're that bug on the wall. All of a sudden, man, the power of God comes into that stone, you know, that cave. And, and all of a sudden, this lifeless body s- suddenly sits up and, and the stone blows off the front of the tomb and Jesus walks out. I mean, it's no wonder the Roman soldiers ran away. I mean, think about it. Roman soldiers. I mean, the Roman soldiers, they, they went everywhere. I mean, they battled barbarians. They faced horrific uh, battles, right? These were no squeamish, namby-pamby, you know, men. They were just, they were tried and true, battle-tested soldiers. They, didn't, they weren't afraid of nothing. But when that stone blew off the, you know, the front of the tomb and Jesus, man, they split, high-tailed out of there. They're probably so embarrassed they had to go change their clothes, right? Um, some of you'll get that on the way back home, but uh, <laughs> all right, let's come back here. Okay, what would you have done? Think about it. I mean, one of my favorite verses when I think about that resurrection moment, when I think about that resurrection power that that was that happened that in that moment. One of my favorite verses uh, that talks about this is in Romans 8:11. Here's what it says. It says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Come on, let's think about that. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, in me. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living in you. Basically, what he's saying is that that same Spirit, that same power, that same resurrection life, is available to you and that not only is it available to you you know he will he will quicken just as he quickened or as he came into that lifeless body of Jesus he will he will do that for us also that that's so amazing that's good news come on somebody say amen think about the areas in your life the best you know think about the areas in your life that may be experiencing a death of some kind or maybe, you know, that, that need, that resurrection power. Maybe death has taken hold of an area, right? Well, that resurrection power is available for you this Easter morning. And that's good news, amen? And that's why I put this first thing that I want to take, uh, uh, this first takeaway that I want you to leave with this morning, put it in your notes. We can not only celebrate resurrection power, not only celebrate it, but we can also experience it. That's good news. Look at your neighbor and say, that's good news. We can experience that. I love that. And, and you know, we have in this room, we truly do, many, many stories of people who had death taking over in their life. You know, some people were in the death grip of addictions and, and crime. Some people were in the, the, the death grip of cancer. Some were in the death grip of divorce or grief or failure or fear. But they would tell you today, 
They would tell you today, and I could go around the room, you know, and, and point them out. They would tell you today that resurrection power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, blew the door off their dead, dead, dead tomb, amen, and set them free and healed them and gave them new life. I, I saw Rick in the first uh, service today who was is, who is in the death chamber of triple pneumonia on life support for two months. And God's resurrection power came into him and raised him up. And he's sitting here at church to, you know, this morning. Come on, amen. And just a few rows in front of him was a young lady named Hannah who was in the death chamber of domestic violence. And God blew the door off that death chamber and brought her out and set her free. Come on, somebody say amen. Man, I, I started thinking about these things uh, when I was putting this message together. And I don't know about you, but you know, I'm typing away and then all of a sudden I couldn't type anymore. I had to, you know, get up and stamp around and, and I'm just, oh man, that is so awesome, God. I'm just about to get my praise on. You wouldn't want to see it. It's, it's, it's really, you know, it's not very, it's not very pretty. Uh, I can sing, but dancing is a whole nother thing. Okay. <laughs> Amen. But, you know, as good as those things are, and let me tell you, those things are good. Those are amazing miracle stories. As good as those things are, I want to tell you this morning, there is something better. There's truly something better. There, there was a time, let me tell you, there was a time in Jesus' ministry when, I mean, his popularity was blowing up. It was just amazing. He had, he had, you know, people were clamoring for his attention. He was so busy. So many groups wanted him to come. He, it, it was so crazy that he decided, I can't be there for everybody. So he commissioned 72 ministers to go out on his behalf, gave them power and authority, and they went out. And in his name, they began healing the sick, casting out devils, opening blind or deaf ears, and blind eyes were being healed. It was just an amazing thing. And they came back in, in, the, in Luke, the 10th chapter, they came back and they were so pumped up. And, and, and this is what they said, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And he replied, I mean, can you, he replied, this is what he replied. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all. Somebody say all, all the power of the enemy, nothing will harm you. Man, that's the kind of victory that God wants us to walk in. That is pretty powerful. Amen. And they are pumped up and Jesus is pumped up, man. He saw, he saw the devil just dropping. It was like giving him a knockout punch. He knew, man, that guy is on the canvas. Kind of like this dude. I got this picture. I was thinking about it right there. There's the knockout punch, right? Come on. Look at that face. Doesn't that look like the devil? I mean, just, you know, just boom, man. Skin flapping all over. Yeah. That's the kind of 
laid him out. This guy was out cold, in fact. He was unconscious before they hit the canvas. I was a little concerned because I thought, you know, I ought to know the backstory. He did get up about a minute later, came to, <laughs> and he walked out of the ring. So, yeah, thank you, Jesus. Amen. But that's a picture that we ought to have when we think about this moment, you know, when Jesus just gave Satan the knockout punch, right? And he's excited. But look at what he says, what he goes on to say here. He says, however, However, look at what it says. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. Don't get all pumped up in these things, this temporary stuff. He says, but rejoice what? That your names are written where? In heaven. Not on the winner's list for, you know, for in this world, but that your names are written in heaven. And I think that's so cool. You know, that's so, uh, the, the greater victory for our life is not, the, is not in all the things that we experience here on, in, uh, all the victories we experience in this life, but all the, the, the but what's coming, amen? Don't rejoice that those things are, there's greater miracles coming. What do you mean? There's greater miracles than a cancer being healed or, or you know, our, our marriage being restored or, you know, our, an addiction overcome, your, your abuse ending. Uh, is there a greater miracle than that? Yes, there is. And whether you've ever experienced, whether if you ever experience any of those type of miracles, the greatest miracle that you could experience is the miracle of having your name written in heaven's book, come on, somebody say amen. That's the greatest miracle. Because when the hope of heaven fills your life, when the hope of heaven fills your heart, then you can endure anything in this life because you know there's something better coming. Amen? See, and that's the second takeaway I want you to get to this morning, this Easter morning. It's in your notes that the greatest miracle you can experience is not here on earth but it's heaven, the hope of heaven. You know, Jesus said in another place, hey, don't be concerned about who, you know, who can kill the body here. You, you, you should be concerned about eternity and you know, what happens there, okay? But you know, we, listen, let's be honest. We get concerned about the temporary, don't we? I mean, we can get concerned about preserving our life here we lock our doors, we, you know, lock our cars when we go into the store. We, we, we do what we can to preserve our, our bodies, right? We work out, we eat right, we, we, you know, we try to stay away from harmful and toxic things, you know? And, and it's all good, and we, we, we should do that, but we should never forget that something greater awaits us. I was thinking about, you know, the story we talked about a couple of weeks ago when, we, we were, when Jesus was uh, with Martha and uh, Mary and Lazarus, and, and he was having this conversation with Martha, whose brother just died, and he says to her in John 11, it says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, what? Will live. He who believes in me, come on, say it, will live, even though he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me Check this out. Will never die. What, what, what do you mean? I mean, I thought we were going to die. I mean, listen, as far as I've heard, you know, you know, every one of us are going to die, right? And 
You say, well, Pastor Brad, come on, be a little bit more positive. Well, okay, I'll be a little more positive. I'm positive every one of us are gonna die, right? But what, <laughs> but what is, are we gonna experience that moment where we close our eyes to this world and open our eyes and experience the miracle of heaven? So, you know, he asked Martha this question, do you believe this? That's a big question. Do you believe this? And I think it's a question for all of us today. Do you believe this? I mean, life is short. It's a vapor. Listen, the older you get, the more you see how fast it goes by. Amen. And, and, uh, but the truth is, it's not the best thing that we have coming, you know? And that's why the Bible says, you know, death, where is your sting? Okay. Because we, you know, we know that there's no sting in death because we have the hope of heaven. Death can't hurt us. Lisa and I had to make an unexpected trip down to California, Southern California this week because her, her father who just uh, who turned 88 just recently had a stroke. And so we, we needed to make an emergency run down there. So we ran down after service last Sunday and, and uh, just to be with him and pray with him and, and to, you know, he lost the use of his right side. And um, so he's, you know, out of the hospital. God is taking care of him and he's in a convalescent home. And we were watching every day his, his recovery. And, you know, the truth is, you know, he, he's not like every other. There's a lot of people in that that have experienced exactly what he's experienced in the convalescent home that he's in. And, uh, but I noticed something very different about Chuck. Mr. Barker, everybody called him, Mr. Barker. Uh, Mr. Barker has a different countenance on his face. You know, there's so much sadness and depression in when you experience those kind of things. And I, I thought that he was gonna struggle with that also. But when we got there, and he, can, he has a hard time talking, and, but when he'd look at us, this big old smile break out on his half of his face, right? One side's, you know, working its way up, getting a little better every day. And, and you know, he was cracking jokes and, you know, uh, I was, we were telling jokes to each other and, you know, he's, he's grabbing his arm and flopping his hand that he can't use at us, you know, this big grin on his face and then trying to, he could only wiggle his little finger. And I'm thinking, how in the world could a guy who just had a stroke, who can't use his right arm anymore and it's, it, you know, is in a home, where does, where does this come from? I'll tell you where it comes from. Because his hope is not in the temporary. His hope is in the eternal. He knows that there's something better coming. Come on, amen. There's a new body waiting somewhere. Here's the third takeaway I want you to leave with today. And it's in, uh, it says in your notes, Jesus offers more than a better now. He offers a better place. I love that. You know, the disciples came to Jesus one day and, and they were discouraged, feeling down. And so Jesus speaks to them in John 14. And he said this to them. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's house. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? You know, so here's, they're, they're discouraged. They come to him, they're telling him about earthly things that are going on, you know, in their world. And, and, and uh, you know, what does Jesus 
began to talk about? Does he answer them? Maybe they thought he was going to, you know, he was going to do the miracle for them and, and solve their issue here in, the, in this life, right? He doesn't. He starts talking about heaven. He starts talking about that place he's going to go and prepare for them. And the truth is, he's been preparing it for us too. Come on, amen. He, he isn't interested. It's a place called heaven. And I love that about what Jesus, he offers us a better place. And God wants us to be there. And he wants us to, and he wants to help us to get there. You know, when you have that kind of hope, it changes the way you think about this life. And, and I think, uh, you know, th this generation, this generation doesn't get it like the older generation did or the last generation did. I mean, I have the privilege of, let me just explain that. I had the privilege of marrying into, uh, marrying Lisa, falling in love, we got married, and, and being, marrying into a family that, that has been filled with generations of Jesus followers, amen? She's got, you know, great, great grandparents that founded churches and, you know, denominations, and I mean, just a history of people who lo have loved God. And, and when we'd get together with that side of the family, uh, you know, before you, before you have any kind of meal on their, that, when you gathered, right, uh, we had, we'd have to sing a song. And so we'd sit down, get ready to, to eat, and then we'd start singing. Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites his chosen people come and dine. That is with his manna he doth feed and supplies our every need. Oh, how sweet to sup with Jesus all the time. Come and dine. The master calleth, come and dine. Yeah, I'm telling you, what were they talking about? The great last supper in heaven that we're all going to be dining with Jesus. They're talking about heaven, you know, and then we'd eat our meal and then, you know, we'd finish and then the, 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 the harmonicas would come out and the banjos would come out and the guitar and the auto harp, yang, 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 you know, would come out and we'd start singing songs. One glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away to a place beyond the celestial shores. I'll fly away, I'll fly away. Oh, God, man, I'm telling Telling you, everybody's just blowing it up, right? Yeah. When we all get to heaven, what a place of rejoicing that will be. Woo! When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Man, what were they singing about? It was all about heaven. And why? I mean, we don't do that anymore because, you know, we got, we got cell phones, right? We got cell phones that we can, we can occupy our, our, our time. We got, you know, we're so distracted by things that we, basically we never have time to think our own thoughts because, you know, we've got something thinking for us constantly, right? And, and, and we have 3,000 TV channels or more, you know, including YouTube channels, right? I mean, we're, we're, we got all this stuff coming at us. They didn't have any of that. I mean, maybe you got three channels on the TV and that's only if you could get the foil just right, right? Between the rabbit ears. <laughs> yeah. So man, you know, my friend was talking about how he grew up in their family, they'd, they'd have a singing, you know? And they just, you know, some would get on the piano, they'd be shouting out hymns and they're singing them. They're all about heaven, all about heaven, right? 
because, you know, that's what, that was about the hope of heaven. I mean, Lisa's dad and his brothers and sisters, they were, grew up in the depression. They were separated from each other for, for, for long periods of time because they didn't have a home that, and there wasn't food to eat. And so they were farmed out to other families so they could, but man, they, they still get together and sing about the wonder of heaven. I'll tell you, it's so, so amazing. Come on, amen. The message that Jesus wants every one of us to hear today on Easter is simply this, I came to this earth for you. I died for you. I rose from the dead for you so that you could have this miracle, heaven, and have the hope of heaven in our hearts and live with that hope. I love this verse in 1 Thessalonians 4. I mean, Paul wrote it to the Thessalonians. They were, I mean, they were experiencing all kinds of difficult times, a lot of persecution going on. And he says to them, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. I mean, he didn't even call it dying. He just, hey, you're going to be asleep for a little bit. Then you wake so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. He says, man, don't be like everybody else in this world that has no hope. I mean, he, we got an answer. Here's, and he gives the answer right here. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Come on, say that with me. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Oh my goodness. And he says, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who follow him. So skip all the way to the end of this. We won't read it all. But here's what, here's what it says, right? It says, therefore, encourage one another with these words. Have we got that? There it is. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And that's what they did. They said, man, heaven is, 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 is waiting for us. Amen. And that's why I'm sharing it with you today. Because I want to encourage you. I mean, some of you know, I've told this story before. Some of you know my dad had a, had a horrific heart attack at 56 years old. He was, you know, no heartbeat, no breathing. 20 minutes later, they revive him in the emergency room. And during that 20 minutes, when he wasn't breathing, no heartbeat, he went to heaven. He had an experience in heaven. And he experienced... The, the presence of God and, and heaven, like, you know, and he, and he told the story after he woke up and recovered. And he told how, you know, he was in this valley that was so beautiful and so wonderful and, and so peaceful. Not a worry, not a concern, not a care. He said it was so amazing that he didn't even think about the, us kids or, or, or my mom. He said, I just knew that they, we, you guys were going to be okay. And he said, you know, I walked down into this valley that was just glowing with, with peace. And he said there was a, a tree with a, 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 a person standing under it. And he said, I knew it was the great, the good shepherd watching over his flock. And I walked down there and I stood next to Jesus. And I just said, I'm, I'm so tired. Could I just lay down here and rest for just a moment? And he said, Jesus took him in his arms and laid him down and he closed his eyes. And when he opened them, he was in the hospital recovering. And he said he was so disappointed. He wanted to go back. He wanted to go back. 
and he got his wish 19 years later. But in those 19 years, he experienced some real difficult times, a couple more strokes, wheelchair, difficulty. But you know what? It was all good because he knew what was coming. He knew what was in front of him. And he knew that whatever he experienced in this life, it was the worst that he was ever gonna experience because he knew it was only gonna get better. And listen, this is what I want you to really know this Easter, is that if you believe on Jesus, earth is as close to hell as you'll ever get. It only gets better. My dad knew that. Earth is as close to hell as you'll ever get. It only gets better. But you, if you haven't believed on Jesus yet, then earth is as close to heaven as you'll ever get. It only gets worse. And, and, and listen, here's the truth. I, I'm not throwing any condemnation. Hell is not a place that God wants to send you. It's not. He doesn't want to send bad people there. It's not at all that. Hell is a place where people choose to go to pay the penalty for their own sin by themselves. They choose to pay their own penalty. Now, Jesus would love to take the penalty for us. And that's why he came and died and rose again. But if we choose to, to pay the consequences of our sin ourselves, then the place will be in hell. But folks, there's a better way. There's a better hope. It's the hope of heaven. And how do you get that hope? How do you experience the miracle of heaven? Well, this is the verse I want to finish with. It's in 1 John 5, 13. And this is what it says. These things I have written to you. Come on, say it. That you may know that you have eternal life. That's it, man. You can know that you have eternal life. Here it is. Even unto you, what? That believe on the name of the Son of God. Believe on the name of Jesus. That's how we receive the hope of heaven. Now, let me just explain, illustrate this. There's a guy, a man that was born in 1824. His name was Charles Blondin. I don't know if you've ever heard of him before. He was born with some incredible, unique talents. And so his parents sent him to acrobatic school and, and he, in, in France, and he learned some very gifted in acrobatics. He ended up taking his talents to America where there was more of a market for the, the things that he could do. One of the things he could do was walk a tightrope tight like nobody else. And he was the first person to ever walk a tightrope across Niagara Falls. A, you know, a, a, a span of 11,000 feet, almost a quarter of a mile from the Canadian side to the American side. In fact, he did it, and in order to kind of keep the crowds coming back, he did it in a variety of ways. Like he did it blindfolded, he did it in a sack, he did it uh, uh, with, with a wheelbarrow. He did it, uh, he actually walked to the middle of the rope, sat down with a, a little stove, cooked an omelet and ate it. 160 feet above 
the falls of Niagara. Unbelievable. I grew up 45 minutes from there. It's, it's unbelievable that he could do that. And one day he was, when he was taking the wheelbarrow across, you know, he got to the other side and the crowds were just roaring. They were roaring and just, you know, declare, he, you're just amazing. And how many think I'm the greatest tightrope walker ever? Yeah. How many believe I can, you know, take this wheelbarrow back over this tightrope? Yeah. How many believe that I could put a person in this wheelbarrow and take him over? Yeah. How many believe I could put a person on my shoulders? and walk him over, yeah! Who would volunteer? <laughs> cricket, cricket, cricket. <laughs> you know, that's the difference in believing in and believing on. Believing in is just historical. I believe in a historical Jesus, but believing on means I'm willing to put my life on the shoulders. I'm put, put my life under your control, under his control. And that's what God asks us to do, is simply surrender control of our lives to Jesus. And then we put our lives on him, listen, and surrender our lives to his control. Suddenly something happens. We receive forgiveness, salvation and the, and the hope of heaven. So the truth is, that's my hope for you this Easter, that you would leave here today knowing that your life has been, that you've believed on Jesus, that you've surrendered control to the master, amen? And that you leave here knowing that you have the hope of heaven in your heart. And it only comes by knowing Jesus as your personal savior. Listen, there, there, there are four types of people in the world when it comes to this, only four. And today you're one of those four. You, you're either today, you're, let's see, A would be, you've already believed on Jesus and put your hope in him. You've already put your hope in him. And I know there's a lot of folks here that have already put your hope in Jesus. Come on, amen. Then maybe, then you could be, if you're not in that category, you could be in this category where you're beginning. You're ready to begin to put your hope on Jesus. You're ready to begin to, to surrender control of your life to him. And, or maybe you're the third one. Maybe you're considering, maybe you're just thinking about it. And you know, you're in a place of just kind of contemplating all of that. Well, just keep coming back, you know, keep coming here just, and you'll, you'll, you'll learn. I just encourage you to be a part. Or maybe you're in the last one, that place where you, you just, you don't ever intend to put your hope in Jesus. I don't know where you're at today. But if you're here today and say, you know what, Pastor Brad, I'm ready to begin to put my trust. I'm ready to surrender my, the control of my life to the Savior. I want the hope, the miracle hope of heaven in my life. If you don't have that today, you can. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me just for a moment? 
all over this room. Listen, I know people say all the time, you know, my, my faith is personal. Well, I'm giving you a personal moment to have a moment where it's just between you and God. And if you're here standing before God today, can you say in your heart of hearts that I have already put my trust on Jesus. I've already surrendered full control of my life to him. If that's you, man, I'm so excited for your future. But maybe you're here and say, Pastor Brad, I've, I've not yet done that, but I'd like to. It's Easter. I want the miracle of heaven. I want the hope of heaven to be mine. I wanna know my future is certain. If my life was to end today, if I was in some tragic way, that I know that heaven is gonna be my future. Christians that we are praying, please be praying for those that are in that place of decision today. If that's you today and you say, Pastor Brad, I'd like to know, I, I wanna know for sure that I'm ready. I'd like to pray with you this morning. It'd be my honor to just lead you in a simple prayer to invite Jesus into your life and surrender full control. So if that's you today, would you just slip your hand up wherever you're at? You know where you are. You're tired of living the, the life that you've been living. It's just been, been wearing you down and you're ready for something new. Your head's bowed, eyes closed. If you'd like to know Jesus in a personal way and know the hope of heaven, slip your hand up. Just hold it up for a second. Put it right back down. Thank you. God bless you. Any others? Swift it up, put it back down. God bless you. Amen. All right. Can you just, can we just pray this prayer together with those that lifted their hands? And maybe you just weren't bold enough to raise your hand, but you know you need something new in your life. Just pray this from your heart. Let's do it together. Say, Father God, today I thank you for your love. And I know Jesus died for me. I declare he is the Savior, the Savior I need. Please come into my heart. I surrender my life to your plan for me. Forgive me of every sin, every failure, every fault. Thank you for making my heart clean again. Today I am brand new. The old things have passed away. In Jesus' name, I'm born again. I'm a child of God. Salvation is mine. Hope is mine. Heaven is mine. Because of your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Come on. That's so awesome. Thank you for joining us. We are located at 1415 Northeast 223rd Avenue in Fairview, Oregon. You can find us online at www.anthemfamily.org and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at My Anthem Family. God bless.